This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Today with Dr. Shamina Abuchan, the author of If You Touch, I'll Tell. Uh, Dr. Abuchan, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me here. This is your story um, of abuse and yes. your advice to encourage other kids to speak up when they're made uncomfortable. Um, tell us your story. Sure. Um, so this book actually came from a long, long, basically years of dealing with abuse because I'm a survivor. I've survived seven years of sexual abuse by a very close relative. Um, the abuse started when I was seven years old and ended when I was 14. It ended at 14 because one day I finally got enough courage to tell my mother and my mother basically dealt with it. So um, I wanted to give kids something to have, something I wish I had when I was 10. Because at 10, I knew for sure it was wrong because the abuser was grooming me to believe that what was happening was normal and that it was something that happened to all kids by somebody who loves them. But at 10, I knew for sure it was wrong and I wanted to speak up, but did not have a voice. I'm from the Caribbean. And um, for those of you who don't know, we grew up in a very subservient manner where children are taught to respect the elders and you do as you're told and girls should be seen and not heard. I went to Catholic school and I heard that for 12 years that girls should be seen and not heard. So you just learn that if an adult asks you to do something, it doesn't matter what you're supposed to do it. Otherwise, you'll get into trouble. And now that I'm older, I know that I have my own children. I know that those things are wrong. I teach my kids to respect them, to respect themselves and to respect those who respect them. And of course, I wanted to give children a tool. And so my book is really just a book that's um, I call it an alarm system for children. It teaches them to identify the signs of grooming and it gives them the tools to be able to tell. I should have so, mentioned this in the beginning. Shamina, it's a children's book. Yeah, uh, and it is a children's and book. at first I, I think that seems uncomfortable for for parents. Would I would I read this to my mm-hmm. child? But at the same time that's it's so important that they do. Yes. And I have a disclaimer page at the very front of the book where I tell, you know, I tell parents because here's what people don't know, okay? People don't realize that We teach stranger danger. We teach all of those things. But we, 93% of the time, abusers are people who have access to your children, families, friends, caretakers, et cetera. It's only about 7% of cases that children say that, you know, I don't know who did this to me. And within that 7%, a lot of the the children lie because if it's a a family member or parent, they don't want to get that person in trouble. So I put a disclaimer saying, hey, listen, you talk about stranger danger, but I want you to teach your kids about yelling and telling and screaming and kicking and yeah, and all those things. And I know some parents who will think that, wait a minute, this lady is teaching my kids to scratch and to kick. So I have a disclaimer saying your children need to have the power, not just the voice power, but they need to have the power to use 
their limbs to use whatever they can do to escape those situations because unfortunately sometimes it's not a stranger in a park you cannot run away if you're home in your own bedroom you have to fight back. You cannot run away. There's nowhere to go. How did you find your power? Because you said at, at 10, you realized that this was wrong. But it yeah. was then four more years before you found your voice to tell your mother. Yes. So I honestly couldn't tell you where my power came from. But I feel like I've always had a very close um, connection to the spiritual side of things, to God, whatever you want to call it. Everybody sees it as something different. And I knew it was wrong. And there were times when, as I got closer to being 10, I would literally be floating over my bed and I'd be watching this happen to me. It was happening to my body, but really sometimes it wasn't happening to me. And I, at 10, I knew that was strange and I knew I felt wrong. I remember taking showers and like scrubbing my skin so hard and I would have bruises on my arms. Oh God. And within those times, I knew that if someone is telling me that everybody does this every day, you know, but I know, okay, for example, we brush our teeth every day. And that doesn't make me feel bad. But you don't go to school and ask your friends like, hey, is it true that your mom, does your mom tell you to brush your teeth every day? You just assume when somebody tells you something, somebody you're supposed to trust, you believe them. But then I started to realize, wait a minute, this is not right because it doesn't make me feel right. And so I just knew I had to tell, but my mother was very strict. And so telling her, I did not know how she would react because it was a very close person. I did not know whether that was gonna break up my family. But at 10, I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I started saying things like, I just want to die. Or I would say things to try to get my mom's attention. But I was saying it in such a way that she wasn't really getting where I was going. She thought I was going through a bad phase. Oh, and then one day I just said, you know what? I have to tell. Because I was, I mean, I was 14 at the time. And then my, it just, I don't even have the words, honestly, you guys. I don't even know how I told. I just told her and I ran out the door. I, I want to I know how she responded. We're going to take a quick break. And when we're back on We're Momming Today, you'll tell us what mom did. And I think a lot of moms listening are going to be listening to, to that um, as advice if we're ever in this situation. Be right back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're back on We're Momming today with the author of If You Touch, I'll Tell, Dr. Shamina Abuchan. Um, and you finally, brave enough to tell your mom at age 14, what did she say? Her eyes got really wide. I got scared because I honestly thought I was in trouble. And she said, are you serious? No way. And she also started to cry. But in that moment, I knew that she wasn't crying because she was mad at me. She was crying because you ever had that angry cry? My mother had an angry cry. <laughs> and I and a guilty cry. How did I not notice? Yes. She said those things too. She said she was guilty. Even to this day, she said she feels so guilty. She feels like she should have seen the signs. She should have known all the times that when I was saying to her, I want you to die or I should just kill myself. She should have known that she should have asked me some questions, but she just didn't know. She had no clue. She trusted that person so much. And um, my mom, um, she she basically um, got me out of the situation. She um, that It never happened again because my mom took care of it. I will tell you something. I saw that person a couple of days after I told my mom, and that person had three broken fingers. 
apparently while when my mother confronted the person in my when they had a, a private moment she broke the person's fingers my mother is five foot two <laughs> so you can only you can only imagine the rage and she had not one scratch the person did not fight back the person knew they were wrong and just took it did you ever get an apology from your abuser I never got an apology and like I said I grew up in the Caribbean it's happening in the Caribbean never got an apology and the person still walks around free today and the person continues to do what they did to me today at 76 years old to other people yes yes can you know that and nothing happens um the person said that they've been forgiven and that they have no remorse but you know what I cannot live that person's life. I have my own story to tell. And for all those reasons, and even especially when I knew kids were home during the pandemic, I knew that, okay, wait a minute, these kids are home with people who could be abusing them. Oh my goodness. And the worst part of it all, in 2021, a really good friend of mine told me that her nine-year-old had just confided in her that she was being abused. And honestly, that was the night when I said, you know what, I need you to do something about this because I, I know I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of just speaking to you freely here, but in 2016, I was pregnant with my second child. I, have, I had a son first. And in 2016, I, had, I found out I was having a daughter. And little boys need to be protected too. But because I live this life as a female, in a female form, when I found out I was having a daughter, I got the call from the nurse over the phone. And she goes, yay, do you want to know what the sex of the baby is? And I said, sure. And she said, you're having a girl. I started to cry and cry and cry. And the point is she's like, why are you crying? I'm looking at your files and I see you have a son. I thought you'd be happy. And I'm trying to tell her within tears, I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm just happy. But the turmoil I was having, I was crying because all I could think about was, how am I gonna protect this child? How am I gonna protect a girl? I didn't know what to do. And I will say it again, boys also need to be protected. But I live my life as a girl. And I just saw, my, I just saw me as my daughter I did not want her to go through what I went through or what I'm still going through. So I found my strength. You asked me before, how did I find my strength? I think it was in all these things, in my daughter, in my son, in my best friend telling me this happened to her daughter, in all the people who, once I started speaking, came up to me and said, it happened to me too. It happened to me too. I heard it so many times. Oh, well, who I grew up with. What, what questions do parents need to ask their children if they suspect something or even if they don't? Oh my goodness, that's such a great question. And I tell them direct questions using actual words like vagina, for example. When you drop your kid off, let's say, to a, a friend's house or somewhere, even a daycare center, when you pick your child up, you should say, how was your day? And of course, did, did you have any fun things, to, fun things happen today? Anything bad happened today? Did anybody touch your private parts? Did anybody touch your penis? Did anybody touch your vagina? You have to. I sound like a crazy person, but you have to. Because honestly, if my mom had asked me that one day, even before 10, it would be a simple yes or no response. Having the courage to say what happened on your own is the hardest thing a child can ever do. Because they're so confused by it and also so hurt by it. And usually usually the person abusing them is someone that they know and, and they know that mm -hmm. if it's um, a close family member, they're breaking up the family. Exactly. And also, you know, these people groom you to t they tell you that if you t if you tell, you're going to get in trouble. If you tell, it's going to be both of our faults. I was told that, that it was both of our faults and it was both of our secrets. And I knew that was a lie because I was not my secret, but I was afraid I was going to get into trouble. 
And it's also embarrassing. And then the older you get, the more embarrassing it becomes. Because at seven, you're so innocent that, you know, private parts don't really have that kind of, you you don't get guilty about private parts. But yeah. by, when you become a teenager, you start to feel more guilty about those things, those conversations. It's more embarrassing. It's like, you know, yeah. So it's just harder to tell when you get older. So I just want children to be free of the burden. I want it to never happen. And what should but, we tell our, our and, and I know in, in reading this book to your children, that's the plan, That that's the, the method um, of, of what they should do if they're in yeah. the situation. But what should parents verbally say to their children? Parents should, um, one, talk to children from a very early age about their bodies, their body, their private parts, and use the correct terms. Don't call, I had a friend, for example, who called, who told her daughter her, her vagina was a butterfly. Tell her it's the vagina. Tell your son he has a penis. And tell them, of course, age appropriately, that what it's for, right? When they're little, you tell them that it's for peeing and that kind of stuff. And as they get older, you say a little bit more. But use the correct um, anatomical terms. Also, tell them that when you can, when when is a touch ever appropriate? Sometimes you go to the doctor and the doctor may check you, but mommy has to be in the room, right? Somebody has to be there. Mommy has to bathe you sometimes. Also let them know that nobody else should be touching them in those places. And I also tell people an inappropriate touch is any touch that makes you feel uncomfortable. Your shoulder, if he doesn't want your shoulder to be touched, guess what? If someone touched you there after you said no, it's inappropriate because it makes you feel uncomfortable. So parents need to keep on having these conversations. They should tell them that, okay, you're going to be staying at so-and-so's house, but you've already taken a shower. You don't need a shower until I get you tomorrow. Just be very direct with your children. Just tell them as it is. Tell them as it is. I also want parents to tell children, not just about touching, but about what people may show them. Somebody could show your child pornography as a way of grooming them. Somebody could tell your child something, you know, inappropriate as a way of grooming them, just like a dirty secret. So I want you to tell your children, never keep secrets. Tell mommy and daddy everything. Your child should have a trusted adult. And I say trusted adult a lot because a lot of times parents are abusers. So I use the word trusted adult because I want children to know that you have to sometimes find somebody outside of your mom and dad to talk to. But yeah, parents should just be mindful about all those things and just telling children everything about abuse, inappropriate touching, and ask your children lots of questions. Be their friend in that sense. Yeah. Be uncomfortable questions too. And, and you know, especially when kids are young, at least my children, um, mm-hmm. I mean, my, I have a four-year-old son. He walks around naked and That's he cool. he's at the point, I can't believe I'm sharing this, but he... Um, when my older daughter's friends are over, uh, he will get naked for them and dance a little bit and wiggle. And, little boys do that. <laughs> yeah, it, right. Uh, and we went over how it's completely inappropriate. And, you know, one of my daughter's friends were, were over and her mom was picking her up. And I said, I just want to tell you, my mm-hmm. son did this because that's what he does and we're working on it. Um, so if your daughter says anything, that, that's what happened. You know, she might have felt uncomfortable. Yes. And, and the parent was cool. But you're saying these things, and I'm like, I'm just thinking of of just how young and innocent some children are, that the fact that they could be abused at that age when they think nothing of these things. He thinks exactly. nothing of prancing around naked and dancing for girls. Nothing of right. it. And, and, that is what, and that is what I meant before when I said at seven, you know, I would not have been embarrassed if she just asked a question. But as you get older, you, you start to become more embarrassed even tell. Yeah. Yeah, because seven is so innocent. You're so innocent, and you trust the person telling you those things. It's just uh, mind-boggling that people will do that to children. 
I know, I know. And, and the girls he was doing it to are seven, so that's why I told their parents. <laughs> I, I apologized and said, you know, we're working on it. Um, yes. But, oh, God. And at that age, they're finding themselves, they're finding their bodies, you know, and it's it's okay for children to, you know, have their experiences, but adults should know better. And I always say, you know, for if there are any predators listening, I say, even if a child was to, like, dance around for you, let's say, you should know to say, no, go put on some clothes and... You should be the adult in that situation and, and, you know, tell the child's parent or do something about it, not abuse, not abuse. And if you are the parent, uh, myself, and we have been (laughs) saying that's inappropriate and it makes people feel uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. You did the right thing. Um, How are your kids doing now? Oh, my goodness. Um, Here's a funny story. My so on the cover of the book is a little girl and you can see her using her voice power. She's yelling so hard. She made the word tell get really big. Right. Mm-hmm. That is my daughter. We took a picture of her. We asked her to like, how would you yell if there was somebody coming into the backyard right now, a stranger? And she did this like yell. And my illustrator, Maria Luzina, the most amazing illustrator I know. And I have to tell you a crazy story about her. She drew, she took the picture of my daughter and she made this illustration of my daughter in the backyard yelling. And it's so powerful. And then we put the little ribbon in her hair, that teal ribbon, because that's the color of um, child sexual abuse awareness and prevention. And um, I wanted the book to just be there for awareness, et cetera. But my daughter, she's a little embarrassed about the book. She goes, mommy, you know, I think you did a really good job with the book, but it talks about private parts. So... (laughs) So in the book, I have these pins and, you know, I have them where it's like it says, if you touch, I'll tell. And she said, I don't want to wear your pin because it talks about private parts. She's six. My son is eight and he will wear the biggest pin he can find. He will tell all of his friends, his teachers. My mom is writing a book about touching, inappropriate touching. He's so excited about the book. It's just so funny how they have totally different reactions. Isn't that? Yeah. yeah. Wow. When yeah, they're both he, young, though. So, mm. They're, or, they're of that age where they, where they get it. Yeah. Yes. Look at that. But he said he's very proud of mommy. He's very proud of my daughter. I'm proud too. You just talk about inappropriate body parts. Like she's so funny, you know? Yeah. But, um, do you, do you, I, I wanted to tell you about my um, illustrator. There's a really cool story behind that and the power of voice and just so that people know how traumatizing sexual abuse can be. So my um, illustrator, you know, she herself had her own, I'm trying to find a way to say she had her own experiences as a child, unfortunate experiences. And so when I was writing this book, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Next step, I need to get some illustrations done. So I did like, you know, I'm doing this as a self-published author. I did not have a whole lot of funds. So I'm like looking for freelancing websites to try to find the perfect illustrator I could afford. I got many, many people, you know, replying to the job. And then this one girl, Maria Luzina, first of all, I fell in love with her name. I think it's beautiful. And then... I saw some of her her samples. I'm like, this is amazing. So we set up a call and um, we're we're on a Zoom call and she starts reading my script and she starts crying. Now I'm like apologizing profusely because I don't know what I did to this girl. Like I'm just like apologizing. She's in Ukraine, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm in America where she's in Ukraine, we're on a Zoom call. And so we became friends and she started drawing for me. She told me, you know what, this is so close to my heart. So many kids are abused. She told me her story. She says, we need to help the children. And I told her, yes, you know my passion. This is not about anything else but helping the children. So fast forward a couple of weeks later, we're seeing about this, you know, this, you know, war supposedly maybe happening between Russia and Ukraine. And it was really crazy. She's in, in Ukraine. So I'm telling them, Maria, you know, 
let's pause the project. And she's like, no, it's fine. She goes, oh, they always talk about a war. Nothing's going to happen. Okay. The war started. She was at that hospital in Kiev that was bombed. She was there two days prior. She had had surgery. She went back to her town and she continued to draw for this book. She would literally hear the sirens and would go under her house with a computer and draw. And I said to her one day, if anything's ha happened to you, you know, I'm going to be so guilty. And do you know what she said to me? I think so. But tell like, me, I, I, I'll tell you if I'm right when you're done. She said, Mina, you told me we're doing this for the children. I'm going to tell you right now, we're doing this for the children. And when I'm done with this book, I will leave Ukraine. I'm sorry. I get really emotional. Yeah. She, oh. she eventually left Ukraine. But she did this in the middle of the war. Because it might have out. given her peace. Yes. And we wanted to, like, you know, launch the book in April because April is Child Sexual Abuse Awareness Month. And that's why I had the ribbon in the hair because, you know, I'm like, it comes every year, but we're going to launch it in April. We ended up launching in May because the war and everything happened. Everything kind of got, you know, pushed back. But she gave me every single drawing that you see in the middle of the war. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I guess Did so you, uh, forgive me for, for not noticing, is that mentioned in the book at all? No, I did not mention that in the book because we had the PDFs kind of, we had most of the PDFs and the the the, um, the writing done. The illustrations were slightly separate. We had to kind of put them together. And I was trying to get her out as quickly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so we did not have to go back and make edits. We were even supposed to do an ebook, and that I was like, no, we can do that another time. We can do that, you know, later. But no, that was not in the book. However, she's in the book, and it says that she's from Ukraine. So, you know, anybody want to like, you know, people might figure it out because she's in the book. Beautiful Maria Luzina, and her artwork is magical. Such a beautiful story on top of a powerful story. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you so much. Yeah. Dr. Shimina Abachan, the author of If You Touch, I'll Tell. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.